You are listening to Houndstooth Heroes, the fully integrated sports taco. My name is Greg Dawkins, and I am joined, as always, by my friend and colleague, Ellis Metz. If you are new to the program, you can find us on Facebook or on Twitter at H2Th Heroes. As many of you may or may not have noticed, we have been gone for quite some time in the offseason, but we have made a triumphant return. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Just what he said. Uh, so, we're back, and we couldn't be happier. Uh, so, it, But first of all, a couple of uh, housekeeping notes. We would not be here if it weren't for the good people at Wild Bill's Wing Sauce, fresh off a of Best in Show Award at the World Hot Sauce Awards. So congrats to friend of the program, Bill Howard, for keeping us in Tasty Sauces. Bill has added a sweet and spicy sauce to the lineup. And as always, you can find him in Publix or at wildbillsauce.com. Um, in addition, thanks to Druid City Brewing in Tuscaloosa for always keeping us in the tastiest of suds when we get that way. The Riverside Saison, the downtown North Porter, and their Lamplighter IPA are heroes' particular phase, but your mileage may vary. Remember... When you find yourselves in Tuscaloosa this fall, you can always park at the brewery, brewery and walk to the stadium. It's the best deal in town. As I mentioned, I'm joined by my friend Ellis Metz. How you doing, Ellis Metz? And what are you drinking this afternoon? Gregory, I'm doing better now that I'm talking to you. I gotta say, it feels great to be reunited. So and it great. Feels so should, good. They should write a song about it. They should. Uh, hot lead about the Wild Bill's wing sauce winning the award. I just want to point out that uh, while it is carried in Publix, still trying to get into the Kroger world, where us decent folks shop. Uh-huh. So uh, if you want to request it, I've noticed that Kroger has a special request section where just last week I found Greg's special request for some cans of Spotted Dick. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, yes, I yes, tonight along. am drinking uh, a, a pretty... Pretty fire drink, as the kids might say, and I do mean it both literally and figuratively. Uh, I have found some homemade jalapenos and worked up a jalapeno margarita. Uh, It's doing the trick, probably not conducive to podcasting, so if it sounds like I'm tearing up later in the show, I've either decided to turn on the notebook or uh, just got a hold of a seed, so so be patient. (laughs) So we'll all just throw prayer warriors out there, throw one up please, for Alexanus, because, you know, jalapeno is not going to do anybody any good. Um, I am enjoying what we know in the business as an ice pick, um, because this is what I had in the house, a delicious vodka and tea. So, you know. Just a vodka and a tea. Vodka and tea. Unsweet? Which, unsweet. It was surprisingly refreshing, I've got to tell you, on a 95-degree Orange Beach afternoon. Ooh. Well, yeah, and, and speaking of, let's bring that up right now because I have had just a veritable flood of concerned heroes contacting me, uh, wondering if you had already renounced your American citizenship. I have not. I have not. A little, yeah, a little bit of news on on my front. I this will not affect our uh, programming in any way. Uh, so, listener, you are still going to be inundated with Houndstooth Heroes hot content. Ooh. But it appears as though I will be moving to the nation of Guatemala. In the coming months, uh, I just uh, feel like I needed a change and uh, have a little opportunity down there to do something different, and uh, I'm going to take it. And, you know, if it works out, it works out. Uh, I may be uh, 
You may be having, uh, maybe back sleeping on couches. So if you have one available, let me know in six months. But right now, I'm excited about it. So I'm going to go down to Guatemala, try things on for size, and see where things go. And bringing, you know, bringing the houndstooth heroes gospel to Antigua, Guatemala. That's right. And 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 much respect, or as they say in Antigua, Guatemala, mucho respeto. Right. Exactly. You. I always knew you were bilingual. Uh, it has been a long off-season, as I mentioned, and some would call it the silly season because everything that happens is ridiculous, from arrests to rules changes, and et cetera, and this season is no different. A couple of things. Uh, you got a couple of things, don't you? I have a couple of things, and I just want to point out that when you say arrests, I have no idea what you're talking about. Right. I, I, I'm just, just generally talking. Right, right. Some schools may have to deal with that. Uh on a, on a couple brighter notes is what I was trying to bring the positivity because it is the off season and these That's days can yes. get long. Yes. Uh, exciting news today for a former tighter, one Tyrone Prothrow reconnected. Speaking of mm-hmm. feeling good reunions uh, with his old pal Mike Shula as I think an intern coach is the official title uh, for the Carolina Panthers. Well, good for him. Um, were you aware of intern coaches? Quickly? I was not aware that that is a thing. Yeah. But anything that gets him Tyrone Prother out of Regions Bank is a good thing in my book. Seconded. Right. Uh, you got anything else? Anything else? Well, most importantly, I think uh, something that was broadcast on national TV, which was pretty cool. Tuscaloosa's own, well, Northport's own, Deontay Wilder, hashtag and still heavyweight mm-hmm. champion of the world. Yeah. Okay. So did you watch that fight? Did watch the fight. A uh, little disappointed in the length, but... Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, a little, little disappointed in the length. The dude, he fought, I mean, that's the problem. He was in the ring way too long. When I, I granted, I know he broke right. He broke his hand and broke his, uh, what is, a tore a pack. But the dude, the dude was as fat as me. I mean, it was just, the fat was flying all over the place. I, I think that's you out of the gym for a couple months, I gotta say. Right. I, I just kept thinking how bad it must feel. To, you know, sort of be out there in public and get totally demolished in the ring and then right. go back and, and put those bra straps on in the locker room. It's just exactly it's so hard to reach and, and just demoralizing. <coughs> Easy. Yeah, I know. It's been like that all day. I don't know what's going on. Um, All right. But it, but it, his, the, the guy who lost, his purse was, I believe, 125, 150, which got me to thinking. Everybody has a number for everything in life. I believe that. Mm-hmm. That every event, if I could pay someone enough money, they would do it. My question for you, Mr. Metz, is this. One round in the ring with Deontay Wilder. Oh, gosh. What's your number? How much money does it take for you to get up there for three minutes with Deontay Wilder? Um, hmm. I've got to say, my number's probably significantly lower because, A... Facial reconstruction surgery for what I'm working with already is not going to be that much. Right, You know, right. the doctor's like, well, we've seen the befores, well, the after is yeah. still. Uh. It's really not that worse. Right, yeah. there's that. Secondly, uh, your boy is still getting behind the wheel of a Toyota Solera most days. Well, so, him. you know, on one hand, if Deontay were to go ahead and end my life, that's... Fair. Eh? Yeah, that that's sort of just average, part mm-hmm. of the course. And then secondly... Were I to survive and get that purse, uh, I could at least move up to like a Civic. 
Right, right, fair. So with that in mind, I don't know. I think my number, you said this guy just made 125? I think 125, 150, something like I that. I feel awful I, for that because he did seven rounds of it. Right, I mean, yeah, his ROI was not pretty good on that. No, I think well, my number's probably around there. I'd say 150. Really? I, for think, a round? I think my number's low. I don't want to do it. But, right. But, but if somebody somebody showed up with a silver briefcase full of, with $150,000, you'd get in the ring with Deontay Wilder. Let's say 200 because, I mean, I... There's there's a great chance I don't make it beyond 15 seconds. I think I could run, just sprint across the ring uh, away from him for about 15 seconds before he caught me. Okay. I am a little higher. I'm going to go about five. Okay. But my plan is just to fling myself in front of his fist oh. and just get knocked out immediately. Right. Just end And it. just not have to deal with any of it. I'm just going to minimize the pain. Yes, it's going to hurt like hell for a few minutes, but I, I'm just going to just just throw myself at him and make myself the world's biggest target and get probably knocked across the ring. Well, but that's fine. Maybe out of the ring. I don't know, like WWE style. But I want to I minimize the time and the pain and just knock me out and then just let's go from there. You know, I mean, how bad can brain damage really be? That's my point. That is exactly my point. I have insurance. It can't, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that maybe... He'll go for a you know a jaw shot, and then all I really have to do is have the whole bottom of my face. Yeah, that would be merciful. Right. Exactly. Interesting. All right. Okay. Enough, <laughs> enough about that. Uh, one thing I did want to talk about before we get into Alabama specific stuff is the pr- proposed rule change that's sort of been floating around, and that is the elimination of the kickoff. Uh, mm-hmm. As I mentioned, you know, flinging our, myself into a fist. It's much the same thing. People are flying down the football field at full speed. And so the powers that be have batted around the idea of just placing the ball in the 25 or so at the start of the game and after after every touchdown uh, to, you know, in the guise of uh, decreasing player injury and promoting player safety, whatnot, whatnot. What say you on this issue, Ellis Metz? Well, it's funny you say the powers that be because – Nick Saban has sort of built a reputation in recent years for the one who comes out and sort of <laughs> decides what the rule changes are going to yeah. be. And I've heard him a couple times on this subject, and he's pretty cagey. He's, he kind of admits there's an issue, but, but uh, maintains that kickoffs play an important role of the game. And I think I would stick with that. I mean, if you watched the national championship game, <laughs> you can't argue how important kickoffs were to it from the onside well. kick to yeah. the Kenyon Drake kick return. And I've got to say, this is I'm, I'm approaching this argument as someone who has been just horrifically scarred by kickoff incidents. Um, a, a lifetime of kickoff incidents. Yeah, most Alabama fans feel that way. Uh, I was there in person for the 2005 Music City Bowl back in the dark, dark era when we actually played bowl games before New That's Year's Day. Game. Can you remember that? I remember. I remember we played. Was that Minnesota? Did we play? Minnesota? Yeah, we played Minnesota. Uh, okay. We lost, right? Marion Barber and Lawrence Maroney ran for three hundred yards, right around three hundred yards against us. And I'm oh. trying to think. It was. It wasn't Spencer Pennington. I don't think who missed the man wide open in the end zone at the end of the game. Maybe it was Heroes. That's, if you're listening, that's Spencer Pennington moves, but I don't know that it was him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but on the opening kickoff of that day, bundled up in the windy. Upper deck with my pops. Uh, we had a senior go down <laughs> as he was just running down the field. I mean, this isn't even a kick return guy, uh, and tear his ACL. 
which was just, it was like, I think his last game and he was a walk-on. It was a big thing. Very sad. Then, of course, last year, walked into Bryant-Denny as Alabama and Ole Miss were getting underway. And I came out of the tunnel just in time, like right in front of Kenyon Drake fumbling that ball away. And and the uh, the usher, I'll never forget, turned to me and said, "We sure are gonna have to pray harder if we're gonna win this game." And <laughs> I, I, I play harder, pray no. harder, son. So you know, I'm gonna have to pray harder on all the kickoffs. All that to say, while I do agree there's an issue and probably something needs to be done to address it, I think there's such an important part of the game. I keep hearing this argument that they're not, but I think onside kicks. And at the end of a game, not even the fakes like we pulled, greatest fake slash play call of all time. Right. Uh, I think they're just, they play too important of a role in the game to to do away with. So maybe you bump it up to, hell, I don't know, the 45, the 50, something to to sort of lower the injury rate, but keep the kickoff in the game. Yeah. I mean, I, I, all right. I tend to agree. I'll, I'll, I'll. I think there's the opening kickoff is just such a part of the pageantry of the game. Mm. Uh, you know, that's, that's a big deal. Um, so we'd be losing that. Um, you know, I'm from a particularly selfish point of view, we suck at special teams. So anything that keeps us from having to kick and return is probably okay in my book. But I, but I also agree with you. You know, I think there's a way to massage the rule. So you're not dealing with, Fielding a 65-yard kickoff and running at full speed for until you just get you know just get plowed into by somebody also running at full speed uh, that will preserve the opportunity to have onside kicks. Um, you know, I, so I don't know how you massage it. I don't know how you do it, uh, but there's got to be something better than a black and white no kickoff rule. Agreed, totally. Uh, although you just said something that that. Cued a thought of mine earlier this week. As a matter of fact, me and a couple pals were having a discussion about some of the best kickoff team members in Alabama history, or at least in recent Alabama history. Can you put together a list and/or at least guess two of my top three? Two of your top three. Um, gosh. <sighs> I'm putting you on the spot here. I know. You're, yeah, and I'm and I, 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 I'm drawing a blank. Go ahead, go roll with it. Number one has got to be my all-time favorite kickoff player, Jimmy Johns. Of course, right. R.I.P. Wherever he is. Uh huh. Uh huh. Two, I'm probably giving to the Ruben Missile Crisis. Okay. And three, and only because it it uh, plied us with so much enjoyment from confusing Vernon Gary was number eight, Chris Rogers, who was called Julio Jones at least, I would say, five times in his career. Fair, fair, fair. So, there so you go. you're not going to go with, um, God, who's the guy that returned? I'm just drawing a blank. I don't know why. Who's the guy that returned the kickoff against LSU that like was literally the loudest the stadium has ever been? Are you talking about when Ruben Foster no, came I'm, and crushed him? I'm talking about LSU 2007. And this is kickoff team, not kick return. He was a kick returner. I'm sorry. Oh, was that Marquise Mays? No, no. Was it not? Listener, you need to go ahead and, and fire us up some information because you all know who I'm talking about. I'm just completely drawing a blank. Um, oh, but it anyway. was Javier Arenas, wasn't it? Yes, Javier Arenas. Okay. Exactly. Well, that's kick true. returner, that's a whole different team. I'm talking about strictly bros who come out on the kickoff. 
Ah, uh, ah, uh, so, okay, just special, special right. team. Right, hence Jimmy Jones. Jimmy Jones, Jimmy Jones. My man. Ah, oh, my man. I I, I anyway. Anyway, let's go ahead and uh, pivot a little bit. As <laughs> we mentioned, we are Houndstooth Heroes, brought to you by Wild Bill's Wing Sauce and Druid City Brewing. Let's go ahead and take a look at some football fresh off media days in Destin, where you're tied. Was Destin? Isn't it? No, it was in Birmingham. We're in Birmingham. The, the league meetings in Destin. Yeah, now they do that there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oddly, the Tide was the overwhelming pick, and it wasn't really even close to win both the SEC West and the conference overall. Um, IMO, that pick, is a testament to the strength of the defense and wide receiving core. It's probably the best in the country, uh, because as of yet, we have not named a starting quarterback, uh, and the running back core is untested, I guess is the best word for it. Uh, what's, your, what's your thoughts there, kid? That's a great point, because... Uh, although we don't know who will be throwing the ball, we know that there are just ungodly weapons ready to catch it and do something cool. Uh, you know, so the quarterback, I think, is probably what most people are talking about. I know I got into a uh, beverage-fueled conversation at a wedding this past weekend that got a little heated talking about who the next starting quarterback will be. Were punches thrown? Do what? Were punches thrown? Not yet, it's, really? It's still July. Give it till August. Right, okay. Because uh, I'm real weird. specific. Go ahead. <laughs> just, just weird that Saban has been a little coy on this, knowing how much that guy loves depth charts. He does love a depth chart. He usually depth. just spills that to the media, and it's like right. That's we, we feel so buttoned up all the way through. Exactly. Uh, anywho, I, I guess the three leading candidates, number one, one, Cooper Bateman. I'm going to pronounce it Cooper because that's how you pronounce that. You mean Cooper? I mean Cooper. Cooper Bateman. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> um, I actually, I think he is my pick, and I think I may be uh, in the minority there. We'll find out. Um, I think the weapons are very much there. His mind was not at all there. Uh, when he got his opportunity against Ole Miss. It's unfortunate. I feel like we've all been in situations where we were like, man, probably could have done that better. Just couldn't close. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the. <laughs> A ultimate. lot of opportunity and couldn't close the deal. <laughs> Who among us, have, Who uh, I've experienced that once or twice. Exactly. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just think if he can get past that, and, and he's surely to God spent time studying up on the playbook and figuring out what the coaches want him to do when, uh, hopefully Lane Kiffin's gotten right with him. I like him, but that's not to say he's our guy because also behind him on this non-existent, on non-existent depth chart is one Jalen Hurts, who I understand was in a video that recently got your heart pounding. My goodness, that fella, I can't remember the exact amount of the press, but he was in the weight room. He was benching. I think it was a bench. It's not a squat. I think it was a bench. Uh, an, an, it may have been a squat. He squatted, I think. So I tried to look it up. I think he squatted 500. Okay, that's not ridiculous, but that's a lot. It, it looks like he looks like a, like a little ant under it, I got to say. Well, that's that's a lot in the sense it's more than a quarterback should be benching. Yes, yes. I mean, oh, he's squatting 500. He was benching somewhere in like the high threes, I think. Okay, that's still he's a if he's no, doing he's a beast. That, that's a beast. Dude. Yeah, that's I'm like not those aren't quarterback numbers. 
I mean, I, I grant, I mean, that, there's plenty of people on the team who can bench three and, and squat five, but not a quarterback. No. And the video was weird to me. I don't know if anybody has any more info on this. It was basically just a crowdsourced podcast at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Anybody got anything? Anyone anybody, at all? Anybody? Uh, it was shot in some weird weight room that was not. If we're talking about the same video, <laughs> yeah, it came out last couple of days. Like Scott Cochran was not present. No, no, it no. was it was like a weird. It looked like the wreck. It looked like he was at the wreck with just some random like pickup kids he had found. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Cochran did not want his quarterback squatting five. Of <laughs> That's, a good, That's a good but, point. But you know, so, so, but yeah. here we are. Uh, I'm just so used to seeing these Auburn videos where they like sing songs around each other, lifting stop. weights. Exactly. Totally normal. That's totally mm-hmm. normal. Yeah, not weird at all. No. Nope. Uh, and then last, but certainly not least, let's get to your boy, the Blake. Dreamboat. Blake, aka the Dreamboat Barnett. Uh huh. I mean, I, it's hard to go through life. He, well, first of all, he is now engaged, and don't think I'm a little, not a little crestfallen. Is about he that. really? Yeah, he's engaged to Maggie Peterson, the surfer. The surfer. Yeah, he's the surfet. He, yeah, he popped a ring on that. Uh, huh. so he's engaged, so, uh, you know, let's hope that's not a, you know, Lord knows we love to find issues, so let's hope that's not a distraction. We hate distractions here. God almighty, I know. By distractions, uh, we mean beautiful women. Exactly. They're just, we want you to just sit at home and never move, and for, for, for God's sake, don't ever be in contact with any women at all. Please. Um, so, yeah, so the Dreamboat huh. engaged to Maggie Peterson, the, the uh, professional surfer, uh, you know, it's so, but it was just a matter of time. When you look like James Dean, what's going to, you know, you're probably, somebody's going to, somebody's going to face after you. Uh, so yeah, Good that's happening to them. Uh, speaking of Jalen Hurts, um, the pals over at Roll Bama Roll have a great play-by-play look at Jalen Hurts' performance in A-Day up today. If you want to take a look at all that over there, uh, it breaks it down every play during A-Day and why, and given that, why he has put himself in the mix to be the starting quarterback. Hmm. I'll check that one out. They also did a very good running back recap, so we'll spare you those takes. Yeah. Uh, but, well, but, I'll, go, I'll go quickly on running backs. We've got a little time. Do it. I'm, I don't know what to make of it, I guess is my point. Hmm. Um, we've never been in this position before, have we? We've always had one guy – Coming back, you know, when 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 Mark left, that Trent was already there, and you know, every there's already somebody stepping in who's already had significant time back there and knows what to do. Um, so in this situation, is new for us, I think, which is why when we get, you know, in terms of experience, I think it's kind of become an issue. Um, not that both Scarborough and Damon Harris aren't talented in, in each in their own right, right. But neither of them has has been the guy, or even the part time guy. They're, they're just brand new dudes. I mean, Bo Scarborough's in, you know, for mop up duty at, you know, the end of a few, you know, blowouts. But was he ever, you know, in a in a game that mattered, put back there to do any work? Yeah, not particularly. And you're right. I think the issue was that last year we had sort of two true weapons in Henry and Drake, mm-hmm. whereas, you know, the previous years we've just had that one guy, and we and Henry was obviously still the guy, but we had sort of the one main running back and then just someone who could kind of come in and learn the passing schemes, learn the blocking, uh, figure it all out as they went uh, without 
being the pressure or without having the pressure of being the main running back. And that's going to be different this year. Yeah. Um, I will return real quick to the quarterback thing because I don't think I did want to say. Uh, your, what you said about Cooper Bateman, I disagree a little bit. You said it was in his head, and I don't know that it was in his head or not. Um, he was put in there for one specific reason right. against Ole Miss to run the read option, and he just couldn't do it. Uh, is that is that head, or is that I lack the physical capabilities? Not the physical capabilities. He, he clearly can, but I lack the ability to make the proper to read. Decide. Right, and that's that's my argument. I think he, like you said, certainly has the physical <laughs> capabilities, and it's just a matter of whether he can, through film and through practice, uh, and, and hopefully a little bit of experience, figure out when to apply which skills. Yeah. I mean, look. I, it's not easy. Lane Kiffin, Lane Kiffin made something out of nothing um, on more than one occasion. So uh, That's the thing. I mean, are you worried about? The I'm not of a quarterback. Wor- I'm not worried. I am. Here's. I, I. I do believe, despite what I want, uh, in terms of Blake Barnett, I do believe Cooper Bateman is going to be the quarterback. Really. Um, and I am concerned about two things. Number one, he doesn't have the depth. Uh, he doesn't have the arm that, you know, as I said, we have some of the best wide receivers in the country, and I don't know that he has the arm to capitalize on that talent. Number two is what I mentioned already uh, about inability to make make the reads and know when to run and when not to run. Um, and with this offensive line, which is not the best in the country by any means this year, uh, he's going Jackson's to have, gone, so we've got that right. He's going to have to make some decisions and make some quick decisions. And unless he has improved that decision making ability, I'm a little worried about him being on flat on his back, ten yards back, a, a good bit. Yeah. Well, I think that's very fair. Okay. Uh, what else you got? What's next? What's next on the uh, hit parade? So I was curious. This is another conversation I found myself having in the off season, and hopefully some or or our one listener can relate. Hello, Fred. Uh, thank you. Thinking about breakout players for the coming season because there are obviously a couple. I would argue that Minka. A.K.A. The Falconer. Exactly. That's going to cut me off. Thank you for allowing Mm -hmm. me that. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick was certainly a breakout player. Ronnie Harrison was a great breakout player. Uh, So so we've seen these. I guess we're calling O.J. Howard one now. Right. Anyway, uh, curious if you had to, to pick right now who your breakout players on offense and defense would be for the coming season and I and I've got to stipulate this stipulate I've got to uh, predicate this by saying I only do this because I like to listen back like twelve to sixteen months and laugh about how dumb we sound. Right. Yeah. Well, I do that about everything we say. Sure. Um. All right. There's offense. I'm going to give you three names, but one is three the names. Well, I'm going to I'm going to give that's fine. All right. First of all, there's O.J. Howard as a legit pass catcher. Yes. Um. I've heard he can know, do that. Yeah. I. I. You know. Obviously. He's, you know, he was going to come out as one of the top two or three uh, tight ends in the country anyway. But uh, he still has not, outside of the national championship game, uh, ex- you know, done shown us that he can be a prolific pass catcher. So there's the potential that that is the answer to the question. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he does that, this offense could could be scoring forty points a game easily on every in, against anybody. Uh, second is. The big unknown of Bo Scarborough. 
Uh, he obviously has the physical gifts to be, um, you know, a Heisman candidate in his first year, but he also has squirrels in his head. So, you know, what Barth Bo Scarborough does, uh, that could very, he could very well be a breakout, you know, 1200 yard rusher, right. uh, or he could, you know, he could be getting, you know, 10 yards a game. I, I, I don't know which I don't know which is going to happen, but I think either is equally possible. But my answer is Garrett Dieter. Um, Dita, Dita. Huh. I think he. People have him pegged as something that he's not, because he's the white boy, and have him pegged as a slot receiver, uh, going to be a, like they think he's going to be Julian Edelman, and he's not. The kid can run. Um, he can, if you've watched his Bowling Green videos, uh, he has incredible hands. Uh, he is in, he's capable of separation against anybody's defensive backs. So I think him. I think you're going to see a lot of double coverage on Calvin Ridley, which I think is going to open Garrett Dieter open to be open up to be a tremendous asset for the offense and possibly become a thing. I would love to see Dita become a thing. Yeah, um, exactly. uh, defense. I, my answer is really easy. It's Tim Williams. Um, yeah. He is poised to be the best pass rusher off the end in the country, uh, and probably one of the, the probably the best player on the team. So, I mean, that's that's the cop out answer. It's not really a breakout. Everybody sees it, but that's my answer. What about you? <laughs> Did you see the Saban quote over Media Day? Where uh, I can't remember. Maybe they were asking him. I think it was actually he was sort of sandbagging and they said and he was kind of playing up how little uh experience some of our defense is going to have but then he said something like i mean tim williams did you see how many sacks he had and he only played third downs exactly <laughs> just a great humble brag about the team. yeah i mean that's the thing man if he, he only played third down and now he's going to play every down that kid can be insane yeah yeah and all right it'll, your- yeah it'll be an interesting thing to watch i think that will be Maybe even one of the big storylines of our season mm-hmm. uh, is just what if his presence that we saw last year carries over when he's an every down player. Mm-hmm. It'll be huge. Uh, mine, I'm going to start with a receiver as well. Well, I'm not starting because I just picked one, like the rules strictly said. Um, I'm going to go with the receiver as well. You and your rules. I know, I know. There are no rules when it comes to Houndstooth Heroes. Right. You guys know that. Uh, my guy's wide receiver, Robert Foster, as we all know, was injured in the Ole Miss game last year, but leading up to that showed all sorts of signs that he was going to be our number one guy, uh, had a lot of connections you could just tell with our quarterbacks. And so that'll be interesting to see how he does, um, in the A day game this year, he had a few huge plays, finished the day with four catches, for 106 yards, two touchdowns. I think he just has a ridiculous ability. I love that we stole him from Pitt. Right. That would have been a franchise-making yeah. uh, uh, commit there. Shout out to Ian Petty. And huh? then um, I just think that whoever we do start at quarterback, they're going to need somebody. Ridley, like you said, is the guy that everybody's going to watch. Uh, so I think there are just so many weapons, and I think – Foster has that opportunity to sort of be a Kevin Norwood, but even more athletic, even more of a of a playmaker to make cool things happen. And I love cool things. 
I do want to say while we're on the Dita train, uh-huh. um, how many comparisons will we hear made between him and other white wide receivers? Oh, all it's of them. Be we'll have the, we'll, the, oh, there will be comparisons to white tight ends. It, be yeah, compar- it'll be Gronkowski to Ed yeah, McCaffrey. I mean, yeah. yeah, it'll be wide open. Yeah, I mean, like, like he's a tall white guy. Well, but he's filling in a completely different role. Right now, he, yeah, he could be Julio Jones, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, we're yeah. getting white comparisons. Who's your uh, Who's your defensive guy? My defensive guy, and this one I'm going out on a bit of a limb for, mm-hmm. is the one and only Shaheem Carter. Shaheem, mostly because I love that name. Right, fair. Uh, it sets up a great Shakespeare reference. Should he become a standout? Some would say a lock corner, and we could say oh. Shylock. Oh, oh. Feel me? Feel me? See, nobody's going to get that but us. No, right. It's just us. <laughs> and, and literally, <laughs> you and I is what I'm... Uh, he is from... <laughs> took way too much literature. Yeah, yeah, we should stop. Four-star cornerback out of Kentwood High School in Kentwood, Louisiana. He has made it very clear that he hates LSU. Okay. Mucho respeto, as they mm-hmm. say. Uh, he, he shows up... On campus as an honor roll student with two kids. All right. So, so there's roll tide mm-hmm. to that. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, he may be sort of our Minka, the Falconer, of this year who just shows up as a true freshman, has an immediate impact on the defense, and he's let it known that he expects to have an immediate impact. I've heard that he uh, is not shy. No, no, he expects for to a, have... For a guy named Shaheem, he's not nice. shy. I see what you did. Right? right. Uh, yeah, he expects to have a starting position. So Immediately. We find out. Okay. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. All right. Well, with that, we may as well go ahead and take a look at the season and give you our stone cold lock Ooh. picks Ooh. here. Uh, yeah, we're going to take a look at the schedule and break it down, and uh, we'll go back. You know, as, as the games approach, obviously, if you're new to the program, we will uh, take a look at each opponent in depth. But right now, we're just going to take a quick overview at the schedule and see what we think. Uh, we open in Dallas again. Um, against the University of Southern California fighting Trojans. Uh, quick tangent, neutral site games. What, 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 what? <laughs> I am not anti, but you seem quite anti. I'm not anti either. I'm anti going to the same damn places every year. Well, but, but Atlanta and Dallas, and w- nobody wants to go to like Orlando, but if we're trying to reach out to some more high school kids, I think those are our places. Well, why can't we go to, I mean... We have been infiltrating, you know, we got Mika the Falconer out of New Jersey. Ah, that's true. Why can't, right? Oh, God, you're making bird noises now. The tequila is taking <laughs> <check. laughs> I'm just, just saying. Uh, you know, why can't we go play uh, Penn State or Notre Dame in D.C.? You know, why can't we go play Wisconsin in Chicago? Why can't, you know, there's lots of opportunities to, you know, infiltrate the Midwest and the Northeast, and we are playing at the same damn places every year in the middle of September where it's just blazing hot. It's like sitting on the surface of the sun. I was about to suggest Lad People Stadium, so you started talking about the weather. Sexy. Uh, sick right there. Now, see, I, I'm on board on these. I think it's a great recruiting opportunity. I think it, it even outside of the area, it peaks up national interest. I, I just think that uh, the TV stations and... and mainstream liberal media <laughs> pay more attention, so I, I think I'm pro here. Okay, fair. Yeah. Fine. All right, University of Southern California in Jerry World. Who you got, bro? Is there a line on that? Do we know? 
I have seen it. I think it's around ten. No, I was going to no. As we uh, just a quick thing to our new folks, if we have any new folks, uh, we're gonna we will obviously get into lines as well and make picks against the uh, against the spread as the game approaches. But I think the line in this game, and we're just picking straight up right now. But I think the line in this game is about ten. Yeah. Okay. That sounds right. I think Joey Freshwater comes out slinging it in more ways than one. And I like the Tide to cover here. Not that we're picking against... Let's right. not, let's not I, even I, start that precedent. like the Tide here. How about you? Okay. I like the Tide, too. I don't like the Tide as much as you do. Um, I think this is probably... Uh, if we're, if, you know, in terms of not, not getting into gambling again this time, but I think it's probably a backdoor cover for them. Mm. Um, I think this is probably a seven-point game. But I think it probably was... I think they'd score something at the end to make it a seven. I think it probably was a 10 or 14, you know, going into the fourth quarter. They score, make it a seven-point game. Uh, but I think we do close out, close out the, the Trojans. Uh, Western Kentucky University, who is substantially better than most people think they are. Uh, this is not, you know, the, they, people talk about directional schools, and this is one, but this is not a bad one. Uh, this team can give you fits if you let them. But nevertheless... I think we probably have too many weapons, and I've got it as a W. What about you? Got it as a W, but uh, I suspect when that time comes, we will be laying the over. Yeah, you better believe it. They can, they can, they can score. God, they can score points. They can score some points. Uh, so that's you know, uh, that'll, and again, that'll that'll freak out the Tide fans that West Kentucky scored thirty-five on us. But let me tell you, West Kentucky can score seventy on most people. Uh, we travel. And, well, yeah. go go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay, we travel to Oxford, Mississippi, coming off. We get another loss to the Ole Miss Rebel at Bar Black Bears. Uh, what you got? Well, that's what I was getting at. Is First, it'll let me be, ask you this: Are you going to wear your Ole Miss baseball T-shirt to this game? I have, I have no Ole Miss attire. Once in my life did I wear an Ole Miss basketball shirt? It's a basketball. Frankly, okay. frankly, I'm not even that ashamed to be supporting Native Flash Marshall Henderson. Well, that's a solid. That's a solid call. Thank okay. you. I, I can't argue with that. All right. Uh, so what I was going to say is this will be just Ole Miss's second game of the season. They'll start out twelve days prior on a Monday in Orlando for a neutral site game against the Florida State Seminoles, who are coming in uh, pretty highly touted and that locked is, and loaded. That's all sorts of intrigue. Yeah, that's going to be a sexy one. It's a, it's a very it's sexy Miss, opening weekend. If Ole Miss wins that game, I may change my pick here. I don't think they will, but that's that's a sexy game. Yeah, yeah. I think everything you just said, and I agree. I think Ole Miss comes into this game uh, 0-1 on the season, and I think it's close, uh, but they they leave that weekend, this weekend, 0-2. I like the Tide, finally. Yeah. I, here's the thing. I, if if Florida State beats Ole Miss, I think we blow that ass out. Uh, if Ole Miss wins against Florida State, that that is going to be for a fifty thousand seat stadium. That place is going to be insane. Uh, and with the opportunity to beat us three in a row, uh, I I I have us as a win right now. But if I, they beat Florida State, um, I'm not so sure on the on the W. Yeah, you're exactly right. That will be a wild environment. Uh, we're looking at a new Vod Hemingway Stadium this season. Not that yeah, new. I don't, I don't know enough about that. Tell me something. They've closed off the end zone. I went and did some undercover reconnaissance uh, mm-hmm. a couple weeks back. It looks 
bigger, but it's not all that much bigger. You and I have set in the end zone that's now yeah. closed in, and so it just sort of looks like an actual okay, uh, uh, sophisticated high school stadium at this point, which is I, a step yeah, I like I like that stadium. I think it's a, for what it is and for what they need, I enjoy the hell out of that place. That's fair, I, and they, they actually don't sell out too many games. So, yeah, it works for them. Yeah. It's cute. Uh, cute. The Kent State Golden Flashes. Nick, Nick Saban given a throw a bone to his alma mater. Yeah. Uh, I think everybody involved in the program here has got that chalked up as a W. I do. Do you know, and again, this is just testament to our research beforehand, does Kent State have a coach that we know of? For some reason, well, that really, sounds familiar. I'm but, positive they have one, but I don't know who it is. Uh, they do, but he's not. It's, it's one Paul Haynes. Who is in his third year sporting a nine and twenty-six record? Oh my! Fun Wait. fact. Okay. According to Wikipedia, Kent State plays at Dick's Stadium. Dick's Dick Sporting Goods or year built nineteen sixty-nine. Spotted Dick Stadium. That's what I want to hear. All right. <laughs> so yes, that's a W. Moving on. <laughs> uh, next up is Homecoming. By the way, yeah. Kentucky Wildcats come to town, and real quick note. If you're a fan of uh, music and getting your face rocked off, the Dexa teams are playing Friday night before homecoming uh, at Druid City Music Hall, and uh, your uh, yours truly will be in attendance. Uh, I would hope to see as many heroes as possible there because that is going to be one hell of a rock show. But moving on, uh, the Wildcats come to town with a, a Stoops. I don't, even, I don't keep track of which Stoops it is yeah. anymore. I think it's Mark. We're dealing with a Mark. Um, what you got? Yeah, I mean, this is just another uh, in a long slate of terrible home games this season. Yeah. Mark Stoops coming in at 12-24, and 24, only a step above one Paul Haynes at Kent mm-hmm. State. Uh, like the tide to coast. Yeah, same. Next up, we're starting to get in the meat of the schedule. Yeah, here's where we get interesting. We travel to, I don't know if we're in Little Rock or Fayetteville. I'm assuming, I don't know if they still play the Little Rock game yeah, or not. Yeah, I think we're in Fayetteville. All right, but we go to Arkansas. Uh, and uh, take on the fighting birds. What you think? What you think? I gotta say, I'm fearing the Burt right now. Are you? Not to be confused with feeling the burn. Yeah, let's not. Don't ever feel that. No, see a doctor. Fearing mm-hmm. the Burt. I just think we've had so much trouble with them. I don't think they have a particularly scary team this year, but they haven't in past years and have still given us a hell of a fight. Right. Uh, uh I think. I think maybe this is the year they do it. I, I feel like you and I both expect some losses from this team, and it just depends on where. Uh, they're never easy to predict, but I think maybe our first comes in Fayetteville. I went back and forth with this game, too. By the way, I'm reading a parenthetical here that you've put on this outline that says, did you know Ricky Town is in Arkansas? All this caps. Is, all yeah, caps. it, it is in all caps. Yeah. You could have bolded it and underlined did it. Did you know that? I did not know that. <laughs> They, this is like, didn't they get, I can't think of the guy's name, but they got another West Coast quarterback from USC who transferred to Arkansas? I don't know. This is a few I years ago, but how the hell did Ricky Town, former Alabama commit from like San Bernardino or somewhere? Somewhere in California. Yeah. I see, I I loved him just for the name alone. Right. I, I wanted to rename the end zones Ricky Town. Uh, you know, I, 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 you had a whole five point plan exactly, and now he's in Arkansas of all. Yeah, places. yeah. Uh, uh, uh. So all right. Anyway, there's well, that. Uh, but I'm putting it down as as a one. I gotta say. Okay. Or as a as a one loss. 
Yeah, I've got for <laughs> a Marg, pal. For a Marg, I'm gonna go. Uh, I, I'm, I've got it as a W, uh, but I agree with you. It could easily, depending on how the game shapes up, games there are one go one of two ways. Either we just absolutely beat the shit out of them, or it is a nail bite. Friendly program. Yeah, whatever. I don't care about your hair. Mitch Mustaine. Mitch. Yeah, Mustaine. that guy. That, that guy. guy. I wonder what he's doing. Ah. Uh, Boy, I'm guessing. Coach of the Kent State. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next up, the game that we've all uh, we all look forward to. We travel to Knox Vegas, Tennessee, to take on the Tennessee your Tennessee Vols. Now, I'm sure that living in the neighborhood with Phil Fulmer and being his very best friend, you have gotten some information on uh, the lowdown on this game, if you will. Tell me what you've learned, Ellis Mets. You know, no big information outside of the fact that a Knoxville woman uh, lit her house on fire by cooking a roast in her bathtub last week. Mm, mm, mm-hmm. So we've got that. Right, that's solid information. Yeah, uh, that and the fact that they're returning something like 45 starters. Everybody. Yeah, every, everybody. All, all the fans are coming back. Everybody's coming back. The 45 fans. Right. Right. Uh, you know, I've got to say, the Tennessee fans here are riding very high. Right. Very, very excited. But again, it's July, and this is kind of what they do. And come late September, it'll be a different tune that they're singing. Right. I like us to win here. I think this is the first year since, let's say, 07, well, 08, that uh, we actually take Tennessee seriously. That right. we sort of actually look forward to this game a little bit, which may make Arkansas that trap game. Ricky Town coming out. Uh, Trapped in Ricky Town. That should be a country song. Uh Um, Anyway, I think think we pull it out in Neyland. Haven't yet decided if I'm going to go to uh, find out if we do in person. Okay. Uh, You may have talked me out of my pick. Because I have this as an L. But I think... Because every time we go up there with them down... It's so close, and they're playing so well against I us know, right? with a team that should not play well against us. Right. So maybe having – if here's what I think. If they come into this game undefeated, because if you look at their October, if they come into this game undefeated, they have beaten some people. Yeah. Um, so if they come into this game undefeated, we're going to take them deadly serious because they will be a top yep. five team. Yep. And I think we win the game. God, that'd be awesome. If, however – they fall and they are sitting around with two losses and yet again, they've done what they do and have not lived up their potential. I think they can beat us. I mean, I, I, I mean, it, it's, it's counterintuitive to say we'll beat the better squad as opposed to the lesser one. Right. But we don't take them seriously unless they're really good and have, have the record to show it. Yeah. So right. I think if they come in undefeated, we win. If they're not, if they're, They've already blown their shot at having a having a successful season. Then I'm going to put it as an L. And and you're right to talk about their schedule because I don't know. Can you pull what, up their October? I, I have it right here in front of me. Funny you okay. should ask. What clerical error happened where the SEC let a team play Alabama without a bye week in front of it? Right. Uh, but they're looking at so from the end of September they're looking at Florida in Knoxville. Then I they're can't beat at Georgia. Right. At A and M. And then the tide comes to town. See, they could lose all three of those. I think A&M's going to be trash. 
But yeah, I, don't, I don't. I don't think they're going to be trash at all. I think they're going to be better than people Ooh. think they are. Uh, and having to go into that ridiculously. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. But Kyle Field is its own right. Element. I mean, Florida has their number, even though Florida shouldn't be. Them. They, they might. Georgia is objectively better than Tennessee. I think. Um, I, I, everybody has Tennessee pick, but I think Georgia is better than Tennessee. A and M can beat them. So, you know, if they if they're one and two coming into Alabama, I'm. I mean, they've blown their season. I might season. be a little more worried, actually. Yeah, I'd be, I'm going to be more worried. That's a great point. If they beat all, they, they beat all three of those teams. Uh, they have proven themselves, and I think we show up yep. and just and, and knock them down. Yep, agree. Anyway, uh, Texas A&M comes into Bryant Denny, and let's hope that we can keep track of our sunglasses this year. Oh, fam, I know. R.I.P. Uh, well, I just put this as an automatic W because I think A&M is trash. But why don't you talk me? I, okay, I don't think they're trash. I, I, I don't. I think they're. I think they're going to be an eight and four team. I don't think, but I don't think they are as bad as people think they're going to be. Uh, but I still, nevertheless, have it as W. It's just like I got a letter in the mail trying to recruit me to be their quarterback a couple weeks right, ago. Right, right, what right. What are they going to do? <clears throat> I think. I think someone's on the hot seat, and I think when and he's not a bad coach. No, I, that's exactly but, right. Yeah, I think he that. You know, when you put him in that situation, he's got to produce. And I think this is the year that, I mean, I don't think they're going to make a championship run, but I think they're going to exceed expectations. I think he has to. Okay. I'll buy it. Yeah. Uh, I've got a bye week. And then what some have called the game of the century on more than one occasion. <laughs> Multiple occasions this right, century. Right, right. We've had... Yeah, uh, yeah. I think we've got Game of the Century three coming up. If everybody lives up to their expectations, you know, your tide travels to uh, LSU to take on the Bayou Bengals. Talk about it. Yeah, and we've just had so much fun uh, playing with those kitty cats over the past few years that I have to say, I think the fun may be over. Uh, mm-hmm. We've needed a couple lucky breaks. We've needed maybe. A uh, controversial call here and there. Uh, I could certainly see this one going into overtime, much like a couple of them have. Uh, but I, I sort of don't like our odds at pulling it out. Yeah, I think they've got. They're gonna. I think they've finally found a serviceable quarterback. I can't remember his name, but whatever. Jordan. Yeah, I can't think. Of the they're all named Jordan. Oh, they always are. Uh, but yeah, I think they finally found a serviceable quarterback, which is all they really need. They don't. They don't. I mean, they just need somebody that's better than a pop Warner quarterback right. to be. I mean, to be. And I think also speaking of hot seats, like Kevin Sumlin, I, not that Les Miles is on the hot seat, but he is with I regard. Think he's to on beating, the hot seat. Well, but with with regard to beating us, he's lost five in a row. I, don't, I mean, I don't think he's going to lose his job if he goes ten and two. I don't. You know, that's which is. Which is the downside of which is the worst I think LSU could do this year. I don't think he's going to lose his job. I don't think he's on a hot seat. But with regard to beating us, I think he's tired of hearing it. Yeah. Um, so I think I agree with you. I think we go down there and, and take the L. Ugh. Especially with what they have coming back, and I'll get to that in a second. Yeah. And, and looking at their schedule, they, of course, have the bye week in front of the game as we do. So mm-hmm. we'll get two weeks of build up. They'll be coming off their game against Ole Miss. Uh, which should be interesting. That okay, that's telling about this because if they lose to Ole Miss, do they go to Ole Miss or is it not? No, it's at Tiger Stadium. 
Yeah, all right. Yeah. If they lose to Ole Miss, we win that game. Uh, but if they are coming in as they should be undefeated, yeah. then I just don't see it pulling that out. Yeah, I 100% agree. Uh, next up, Moo Yu drives into Tuscaloosa on Highway 82, where I am confident that uh, Clown Shoes Dan Mullen leaves with yet another loss. <laughs> That's the thing. When I was looking at teams who might pull something off, you just can't even consider a Dan Mullen team. No, no. So absurd. I just uh, can't do it. No. Yeah, they don't have Dak anymore, who no. I've heard referred to as Dax multiple times in the past They don't have weeks. anybody anymore. They no, that's everybody. exactly I was going to say. They don't have running backs. I think no. that receiver named Fred, shout out to our listener. Right. Hey, Fred. Uh, finally left after like eight years. So, yeah, I have no idea. They did, I will say, uh, on Bruce Feldman's list of Freaks, top 20 freaks for the upcoming season. We've tweeted it out. Uh, your Tide Zone, Darren Payne, came in at 11. Mm-hmm. Leonard Fournette came in at 1. But Moo Yu had a guy in the top 10, um, some cornerback who I've never heard of. Huh. So there's that. They have a player. Good for them. One player. All right. Chattanooga, you know, w, I'm on a W. I'm assuming you are as well. Yeah. And did we? did they decide on the mocks? What I think about? they're no longer the moccasins. Maybe they're just the mocks. They're just a mock now? They, they've they switched it up, and Eli Gold gave me a history lesson on it last year. Okay. Well, fair yeah. enough. Let's see. So the mock, what mocks and mock, whatever they are, they're still going to collect a paycheck and go home a loser. Correct. All right. Next up, the Iron Bowl. Yeah. Uh, Barn comes to town. Lordy mercy, lordy mercy. <laughs> just, just hate this game so much. I know. It's such a lose-lose. I don't, it, yeah, it's a lose-lose game. It's almost like if they wanted to move us out of their division, it's fine with me. I would Because rejoice. there's nothing in it for us. Never. Because they come in on doing what they do. They're going to play us closer than they ever should. And, you know, I don't think, I don't think we're going to lose this game at home. But, you know, this is, they're, they're not a good team. They should in no way be on the same field with us. And yet we're going to walk out of there with a six-point win. <laughs> Correct, and I haven't heard which of their quarterbacks is going to win the Heisman this year, but I'm confident it's at least one. All of them. All uh, of them. This game, I, I'm really excited about this upcoming season because Auburn plays Clemson right away, and that's all you really need to do to knock a Barn team down is take the wind out of, out of their sails yeah. as early yeah. as possible. They'll have a couple other bumps. Uh, LSU comes to town. I, I think they're... Probably in trouble. I think Gus, if we're talking about hot seats, uh, will be feeling a good bit of heat by the time this Iron Bowl comes around, and I don't suspect we'll do him any favors. I think we close out the season strong here. All right, fair enough. So I've got us at ten and two. Um, I just think there are too many question marks right now for a championship run with this team. Um, I hope that I am proven wrong. Uh, but like I said, LSU has seventeen of twenty-two players coming back. Uh, and that was not a bad team last year. Right. So, uh, and I think, as I said, I think Les has something to prove after losing five in a row. And I, as I mentioned earlier, Tennessee keeps playing as well, despite not having the team to do it, and now they do. So that gives me a certain cause for concern. Um, look, I think Arkansas and Ole Miss are also potential losses. I'm not saying we're going to walk out of this season eight and four, but you know, I would not fall over dead if it happened. Uh, so in addition, you know, I keep hearing rumblings of a lack of leadership in Tuscaloosa this year. Uh, so in that case, 10 and two may be generous, but Hey, 10 and two, 10 wins is nothing to sneeze at. 
and maybe they'll use it for motivation as we've used it in the past to uh, turn around and you know get it get things right and make a run next year. What about you? <laughs> Uh, listener, if you came here for rainbows and sunshine, probably in the wrong place. It's interesting you say that about rumblings of a lack of leadership because I think Saban has been a little more outspoken uh, in saying he's he likes the leadership. So really? maybe he is sort of compensating. He had some quotes on uh, during media days about kind of he liked what he saw, but but again, I've heard the same things you're hearing. Uh, I think I'll say this: Vegas has the over/under uh, for Alabama's season wins at ten. Mm-hmm. I would imagine you're on the under, and I think if I had to choose, I would go over there. Okay. I think there's a chance we pull it out, but it's just sort of a bad combination of you know some tough, tough road games. We've lost a lot of the vocal leaders on the team, and then even as you're rebuilding and reloading, and people say Alabama doesn't have rebuilding years um sometimes there are just some gaps where you don't quite have everybody at the positions you need uh to succeed in the process relative to what you're trying to achieve as a okay i'll stop uh uh anyway but yeah i've got us at 10 and 2 as well and i I think that's fine And, and again despite all the articles that will be written about the uh downfall of the dynasty yeah stay woke in addition i think the schedule does us no favors right Uh, we have not our best team coming back and we have really nobody of note at home right exactly this is a young inexperienced team and and a lot of key positions and they're having to do it all the road yeah at arkansas at tennessee at lsu yeah it'll be a tough stretch and tell us Pretty much all we need to know about what our postseason hopes are. Exactly. All right. Well, that will do it for another edition of Houndstooth Heroes, as always, brought to you by Wild Bill's Wing Sauce and Drew City Brewing Company. We will be back uh, relatively soon, probably a couple of weeks, yeah. to preview the USC game, give you a rundown of the first week's game, and it is a tasty lineup if you're the type to throw a bone or two in a game. Uh, so anyway, you can check us on the website or find us on Facebook or on Twitter at H2Heroes. Again, thank you for listening. Take us home, brother. I'm sure we'll have it together next time, guys. Y'all be good. Roll Tide.